Pi toll free line for you. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And I have to apologize to our internet listeners for starting our stream late tonight. I was so busy updating our website right before the show because the ink is barely even dry on uh, our newest contract uh, for our newest affiliate. I'd say that, that that's a pretty have. apt description. I I watched it all happen and it was only a, a few moments ago. So yes, we have a new affiliate. We we were sort of able to touch on them last night. We mentioned they were out there, but we couldn't really say who they were until we got something official. And it happened moments before the show. So I'd like to welcome uh, our listeners out in the Cameron Temple, Waco, Texas area, listening on KTAE 1330 AM, which just came on board as our newest six-night-a-week affiliate. Now, I hear that station has some really big things going on there. Well, I don't know if we can reveal that. Well, I, I don't, don't suggest that we but reveal they're it. Into, they're looking into a transmitter upgrade. That's all we can say. All I was saying is they've got some big things going on. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty exciting. Uh, the station was, I guess, just recently purchased by new owners, and they were using Free Talk Live for uh, some fill on air as they sort of lined up their programming. I know they're running Dennis Miller on their station as well. We're good for that, Phil. And uh, so the owner of the station, he'd already was already aware of our program, and at least as I understand it, and 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 liked us. Uh, but there's a lot of shows that you can like out there in the world of talk radio. But sure. As he was using us for Phil, he was obviously listening more and more to Free Talk Live. And sure, he's got to listen to a station. Kept growing on him and growing on him, and so. Now we're on six nights a week. Though, Amazes which, me that that crap happens. Which is just uh, fantastic. So if you're out there in Cameron or the surrounding areas, would love to hear from you. If you've never heard the show before, of course, if you were listening yesterday, you probably did because they've been using us. Uh, then you know you don't know what this show is about. And Mark, how would you describe it? It's um, horrifying to listen to the first time. <laughs> it's shocking as it could be. Uh, you know, largely, we don't. Um, you know, it's not a political show. But we do definitely talk about political things. Um, talk about some, the issues. Yeah, we we talk about I don't know whatever comes up. I hate political name dropping. Mm-hmm. It's something you hear so often on other talk shows. I despise it. But the only names you'll really ever hear dropped on this show are maybe Ron Paul. Yeah, he's a presidential candidate from Texas. Right. In fact, too, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. Not too far from uh, Waco, Clute, uh, I believe. Is, uh, I don't know where, where that is. That's where his offices are, include, and I don't know what the the whole area is. I think it's somewhere near Galveston. Anyhow, um, we talk about liberty-minded issues, and it sounds like the first time you're going to hear us talk about any given issue, we're just for making things, you look, the government go away. Oh, my God. Are you are, are you kidding? That's true. You're a small government guy. I am a small government I'm guy. I'm the one that wants the government to go away. It, but, it, but it sounds like, even when you hear my opinions, that I want the government to go away. Because I believe in personal responsibility. I believe that Americans can take care of themselves. Um, you know, these are the sort of attitudes that are, that are big in Texas, that go well in Texas. So... So we're here, and the the purpose of the show is for you to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. So if there's been something that you've been itching to talk about, but nobody at work wants to talk to you about it, or your family's tired of listening to you, then we're here for you. 1-800-259-9231. You know what? Speaking of uh, making people sound like they're against government, boy, did they run uh, just... They just really trashed on Ron Paul in the debate last they night, did. didn't they? they, they were very it sounds like they have a laugh track going on. Yeah, Every was, time he'd talk, the, there'd be chuckles and stuff. I don't know if it was the commentators or yeah, you couldn't tell. the other politicians or right, who it was. They, it was just thinking it was hilarious. The camera the, was on Ron Paul during the representative from Texas that was speaking there. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Giuliani, he's not even an elected official. He's just 
some politician looking for a job. Not only was the camera focused on Ron Paul, but at certain points they did the wipe thing where they bring the other camera in and they sort of split the picture. Right. They had Ron Paul and then they had this goofball Rudy Giuliani making faces right. on the smug, other side. Smug uh, looks at Ron while he was talking. He looked like a monkey to me. <laughs> uh, a scary looking monkey. And then you heard this, uh, the giggling and the chuckling over top. And you couldn't tell who it was because they wouldn't cut away to see who was laughing. So sure. maybe it was the commentators. Maybe it was uh, Giuliani or the other maybe guys. Maybe it was just canned laughter. I don't know. It sounded like it was actually there. It sounded very snide. It sounded very rude. And you know, uh, on, on I Love Lucy, you're all in the family. It sounded like they were, just, they were there, too. I, I, you know, it could very well have been canned laughter. Anyway, it was very disrespectful, whatever it was. Yes. And... That all aside, Ron Paul, I thought, did a standout job last I, I night, agree. considering the fact that he was barely given the opportunity to speak, that he only answered something like a handful of questions throughout the entire debate, and uh, he re- he really got into it with one of the other candidates, was it Huckabee or something, Brownback, they're all the same to me. Uh, and so Ron Paul was really just spot on, He was he was on his message, and he didn't back down, especially when that scummy... Moderator guy accused him of siding with Al Qaeda, yeah, or whatever it was that he said. So I was very pleased with Ron Paul in that particular debate, and I think he's getting better. I think he's getting more confident with his message. I think he's uh, he's getting more used to being up there. This is new. For, this has got to be new for him. I'm sure he's done you know down home Texas style uh, debates in the in the public, but I don't think he's ever done anything like not this anything before. on a national scale. No, right. So if you haven't been paying attention to the Ron Paul campaign, well, maybe you should. Listen to this show. You'll hear a lot about it. That's you will for sure. certainly hear about Ron Paul on this program. And last night, they did you see the results of the Fox poll? Uh, Ron Paul won. Handily. Yes. And you know, it, just, it, it, it just really uh, sticks in old Hannity's craw that uh, you know, the guy who's against the war, because Hannity just thinks this war is this, the greatest thing ever. And, uh, you know, obviously... He's a nimrod. Well, it's wasting Americans' money. Whether you, um, you know, think that it's a good idea or bad idea, you must realize that some people don't want to do it, um, don't want to be, uh, you know, pay for this war. And why should they have to? Why should I have to, as an American, pay for this war? You shouldn't. Right. So, Sean Hannity was, uh, let's see, after the show, when they were reading back the poll numbers from the the cell phone poll. So they did the same exact poll that they did last time. The last time the Fox News held the Republican debate. And Ron Paul came in in the upper 20th percentile. In fact, he was winning the last Fox News poll, and then Mick Romney or whoever pulled ahead at the last moment with an extra percentage. And so he technically won that first poll. The other Romney, I think, was who the winner was at that time. And uh, so then they said, well, this must have been a fluke. Uh, Ron Paul supporters obviously dialing in multiple times. And they used the same excuse this time. But they know- this time Ron Paul got, what, 33 to 35% of the vote, whereas the next runner-up got 17%. And, you know, it was a, it was a slaughter by uh, the Ron Paul fans calling in on the phones. And they claimed that all Ron Paul fans are dialing in. It's the same 10 fans dialing in over and over again. And the, d- Hannity either is a liar 
or he doesn't understand his own network's phone poll. It's a text message poll. You can only submit via cell phone. One vote per phone. You, they proved it. Did you see the video online, Mark? Yep. They, where they proved it? Absolute proof somebody, that you cannot do it. Somebody tried to so, resend the vote, and they sent back a message saying, sorry, you've already voted once. Even if that was the case, um, if, if that was what was going on, Ron Paul voters voting more than once, well, then all the other candidates could do that, too. Yeah, they could have. And if that's, uh, if you know, where are their activists? Right. If indeed Ron Paul really has just 10 activists texting, you know, with access to a thousand phone lines that they can keep, uh, or a thousand cell phone numbers that they can keep sending text messages on, why is it that the, uh, you know, the other candidates' supporters aren't as, uh, well, zealous? Why aren't they as excited? Why aren't they as energized? I've got to say that uh, I didn't, I forgot about voting on the I poll didn't last know night. about it until this morning. Somebody sent me a text message last night, said, vote. I voted. So if that's what they're talking about, spamming, I don't think that that's spamming. They've asked people to vote. Right. I voted, even though I didn't watch their debate because I was on the air at the time. I don't, you know, I, I don't understand. Where, wouldn't the rest of the candidates have the same opportunity? Couldn't their activists yes. say, uh, vote for McRomney or vote for McCain or vote for whomever? They sure could, but they don't. And what does that say about them? It says that Ron Paul has um, more avid supporters. It says that Ron Paul has a message that is resonating with the American people. Not just the Republican base, although I'm sure it's resonating with plenty of them. It's resonating with independents. It's resonating with people that aren't ev- they haven't ever voted in their lives. It's resonating with Democrats. There are a lot of Democrats out there that are they're sick and tired of the waffling garbage they get from... Their candidates, with the Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, you know, these people that at one time supported the war and probably still do. Ron Paul is clearly an anti-war candidate, and he's not just an anti-this-war candidate. He's an anti-initiated force, initiated war candidate. And the fact is, Americans historically have been anti-war people. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. So all of our new listeners in uh, Texas should, uh, if they feel like they've missed something, should go to freetalklive.com and grab them all up. They're free, unlike those other radio talk show hosts. That insist on charging you for access to their websites. Ours is on the house. So enjoy. Do you have questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, and the Fed chairman's unenviable choice between hyperinflation or a deflationary implosion followed by hyperinflation? Visit D2Z.org or contact Troy at D2Z.org. That's D2Z.org. Let's go right into the phone calls and talk to Robert in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Robert. Hello, Robert. Robert in California. Do we have Robert going once, going twice? Let's try instead Philip in New Hampshire. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Philip, what's on your mind? Uh, not too much. I just moved up to the Free State finally. Excellent. Uh, on Congratulations. Labor Day. And uh, when I got there, there was a barbecue going on in the backyard, and it was a really, really good time. The barbecue and was already set up before you arrived? 
Yeah, they were just a Labor Day barbecue at the Little Pork Manor in Manchester. Oh, I and, see. You uh, moved into uh, the the rooming house. There's this. Uh, there's a house, at least one, and there may be more than one, but uh, there's a house that's sort of like set up for incoming Free State Project members. And for our, all of our new listeners, people just tuning in, the Free State Project is a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving individuals all moving to the same state from across the country, and in fact around the world, all moving to New Hampshire in order to be activists for liberty. So you're one of what's considered the early movers, Philip, and uh, yeah. you've come into the, sort of this uh, halfway house, if you will, for lack of a better term. I don't even know if that's the right word, but uh, it's, it's sort of a starting point for which uh, which you can move into very cheaply, get a little, get it settled into the state, and sort of tour around and maybe find some place better to move to, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, what, the thing I wanted to talk about is. When I got in, you know, and I was around the grill and everything, I started noticing, hey, everybody's got guns. Now, I've been up, I've visited a couple times, gone to Taproom Tuesday and whatnot, talked to Dave Ridley and, and all of that. So I was kind of expecting to see people open carrying, but, you know, to be met with, you know, four or five people who've got pistols on their hips <laughs> from somebody who's, out, you know, you know uh, from around St. Louis, it's a really awkward sight and very surreal. Yeah, it was and, that uh, way for me the first time I saw it, too. Um, somebody carrying a gun on their hip and they're not a police officer? That's just so strange. I've even thought it was always a little odd to be next to a police officer with a gun right there. But, you know, the fact is, we're safer because of those guys with guns on their Absolutely. Hips. I feel good about well, that. That's the point I was going to make, is that when I started then walking around the city later, and I'm driving back to a friend's wedding now and stopping at all the gas stations and stuff, now I see nobody carrying guns, and I feel actually a little bit more scared than when I'm around all the porcupines who are carrying guns. Because I'm like, if something happens when I'm around those guys, I know I'm taken care of. If something happens now, I'm like, what am I going to do? Excellent. So now you came up, you came up by yourself. Um, did you have a whole load of stuff, or did you try to sell your stuff before you came up? How did you actually handle the mechanics of the move for those that are also well, considering it? Um, my situation's interesting because I'm dating a girl that goes to school in Massachusetts, and that's where she lives. Huh. And so I drove my car full of stuff to uh, western Massachusetts and stayed there for the summer, and we rented a little place there and uh, took her back to school on Labor Day and brought my car up. And I'm going back home for a friend's wedding, so now I'm bringing some of my other stuff up. But I'm trying to pack very light uh, and really not have too much. Don't like having a lot around me anyway. Uh, just more stuff to get in the way of doing what you actually want to do, right? So now, what was it that uh, pushed you over the edge? What uh, what made you decide to leave St. Louis for beautiful New Hampshire and become a part of the Free State Project? Was there anything in, in specific? Specifically, it was just kind of I wanted to be a part of a group of people who were actually going to put their money where their mouth is and going to do and we're going to do stuff. You know, I'm also in theater, so not moving to New York and choosing New Hampshire instead is really weird. Yeah. Um, but I'd go, I'd go to meetings, and I'd talk to friends and stuff about different things. They're like, yeah, that's really awful. I was like, what are we going to do about it? They just sit there with a the blank stare. Mm. You know, you come up to someplace on your, like the free state, and you're just on the boards, and it's not, you know, we're just going to sit around and gripe about it. It's what are we going to do about it? Or two minutes later, there are 20 ideas, and we're like, which one are we going to do? Yeah. That's how it is here. I mean, you've got – if anybody uh, that's listening to my voice has ever been involved in activism where they are, inevitably they've probably ended up being disappointed with the uh, the quality of their fellow activists. And up here it's really the cream of the crop. It's the best of the best, the people that 
are you know are willing to and I'm not saying that the people that are left in the other states aren't the best. A lot of them, a lot of them are tied tied down with businesses and families and other obligations. But these are the ones that have been able to uproot themselves from their prior lives and make a move. In many cases, all the way across the country. Mark and I moving up over a year ago from Florida uh, here to New Hampshire. Total change of scenery. I mean, we didn't even know what seasons were until we moved here. <laughs> And uh, it's just uh, it's just been an amazing experience because there are these calendars, uh, these online calendars that list all of the things that are going on as far as activism opportunities, everything from you know going out holding signs for Ron Paul to uh, to just meeting up with people and and hanging out and and uh, there are people putting together newspapers and TV shows and there's just so much that you can do. You really have to start to be choosy about the things that uh, that you want to do. Or you can, even if for some reason there's not what you want to do going on, you can just go and start it. You can go and start your own group, start your own activism, and uh, oh. and there will be volunteers that will want to help you out. And everybody's been really receptive. Like I was talking to this guy uh, on Elm Street who owns a tattoo shop and has got a lot of tobacco products as well. And the DEA came in and they smashed all of his glass pipes because apparently if you smoke a glass pipe, you have to be smoking pot. Oh, okay. And, that was you that posted that story. Okay. I saw that yeah. on NH3.com. That's, yeah. that's outrageous. Yeah, it's crazy. And they raided his you know, house and everything. And it's mm. just kind of like you take a story like that to, the, to a group of porks and it's just like, Whatever he needs us to do, he will have us there, you know. And yep. it's just an amazing, exp- you know, it's an amazing community that just wants to go out there and actually make a difference instead of talking about making. Right, a and people remember you as well. Um, for instance, here in uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we live, I had put something up on this uh, website called the. There are these Yahoo groups out there called Free Cycle groups, and uh, yeah. the, the purpose is if you've got something you don't use anymore and it's just not worth selling, you put it up on this free cycle, and the first person to claim it, they can come by and pick it up from you. And so I put a few things up on uh, Free Cycle, like an old CD player or whatever. And this guy came down, and he happened to just live down the street from me. And so you know, I met him and said hi and gave him the stuff, and and he moved on. And that was six months ago. And then he showed up at my door just the other day and said, "Hey, you're a free stater, aren't you?" I said, yeah, "Yes, I am." And uh, so I've been reading your articles in the Keen Free Press, which is this local free stater-run newspaper here in Keene, and uh, he said, I thought I should come to you with this, and turns out that he had a situation where a friend of his was over at his house, and they were drinking and smoking and that sort of thing, and his friend was walking home, because he was a little drunk, and so he was walking home, and uh, apparently the Keene cops stopped him, and they illegally searched him, and they found that he had a marijuana pipe on him, and they confiscated it, and he's now facing a... uh, He's now facing a charge uh, for that. Wow. And so, you know, obviously the search was illegal. And so I said, yeah, I'm glad you came over here. Definitely get him in touch with us. He hasn't yet gotten in touch with me, but we're here to help. I mean, it's up to them to, to initiate that contact. Uh, but Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's cool. The more porks get out there and talk to people and help them out, and the more that they learn to come to us if you need help, you know, getting something together and fighting for rights and stuff like that. Yep. Come to us, and we've got the community and the infrastructure here and even more coming. And this is exactly, really this is only the, the tip of the iceberg. It's only just started. It's great having you here, and good luck here in the Free State. Thanks for the call, and keep us up to date. Thank you. More on the way. This is your show. You take control. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. It's free, and you can go and edit it to your heart's content. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. It's neat. wiki.freetalklive.com. How many pages? Over 1,400. 1,400 pages, and all of them have been made by listeners of ours. That's like a 1,000 times more pages than we actually have on our site. (laughs) It's huge. Anyway, wiki.freetalklive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com, use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live. LegalZoom.com. Let's continue with the phone calls here and talk to Robert. We're trying Robert again in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Robert. Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind, sir? Well, you know, on the debate last night, I was, uh, I, I'm very good at this. I sit down, I watch, I gather about my piece of paper, and I, you know, and I count how many questions everybody's getting. Um, besides the, the, the question on how do you feel uh, about Fred Thompson coming in that new order CFR shill. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked 14 questions of everybody else before they asked even one of Ron Paul. Wow. And then, you know, he, I think he got a total of five. I think he did better than, um, I can't remember the band's name, either Tang Credo or, or one other. Whoever. He did one question. But uh, I think that's the only reason is because uh, of the interchange between him and um, the other gentleman. Giuliani. No, no, Julian, it was, uh, no, Huckabee, no, Brown Huckabee. Huckabee. Yeah, Huckabee. Whoever. Okay. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> They're almost Fill interchangeable. in name of big government candidate here. I mean, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, people also were keeping track, and uh, he was sidelined, as they've been trying to do time and time again. But luckily, his message is so powerful, it just cuts right through all the other malarkey. Uh, of course. And, you know, as far as uh, cheating is concerned, I mean, I voted once. I mean, I, I feel... I, I said to myself, you know, I only have to vote once, even if I had, like, 20 cell phones in my pocket. Yeah. Um, well, nobody and, has 20 cell phones. I mean, the only way anyone could cheat on this poll is if they worked for a cell phone company. And even then, they probably don't have more than, you know, a handful of operating phones at their uh, at their disposal. So it's just absurd to suggest that the Ron Paul supporters are cheating. Absolutely oh, absurd. Of course. and But even the tone that they took with him, I mean, I've, I've taken communications and speech, and even the tone they take with this man, um, this gentleman, is despicable. And yes, all through the, the debate, you can hear uh, the commentators, actually, I believe it was the commentators laughing because their mics were pretty much open all the time. I see. And also, I heard that they were just turning down his, the sound of the applause. And uh, Wow, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was. See, I didn't watch the, the whole thing. Did you watch the whole thing? Oh, I watched the whole things, including the commentary after. I didn't watch all the the the, the candidates uh, speak their mind with the the other two uh, uh, um, clowns, but I did watch Ron Paul's and and I, even I, I got a recap of two or three of them this morning, and, and you can just see the tone that they take with him. You know, it's yeah. like talking down to him like some child. Yep. And this man has been in Congress and well read. You know, they're the ones that are more like children because they're the ones that support uh, using force on other people around the world. They're the ones that support initiated force, which is essentially the modus operandi of a bully. I mean, that's the childish thing, if you ask me. 
Oh, most definitely. And um, even with, with Huckabee's um, thing, oh, we broke it. Well, we shouldn't have been there in the first place to break it. You know, um, even uh, there was a CNN, uh, I think, a meet the face with Cheney when he was in Pappy Bush's administration saying uh, they asked him why you didn't go to Baghdad and take him out of power then. He says, well, we'd be stuck in a quagmire. We'd be there all alone. A clo- coalition that we yeah. did have would break up. And, you know, and that's the clip the from the 1990s. Three times. Yeah, that was an amazing clip to watch. And uh, by the way, Ron Paul also carried the uh, MSNBC poll with over 50 percent uh, positive ratings in his. Uh, he just dominated that poll. He dominated the Fox News poll. Eventually, Sean Hannity is going to have to stick it because uh, he's yeah. going to keep doing better and better as his message continues to penetrate into the American people. Now, I don't know what the chances are of it actually happening but what would, kind of dirty. what would uh hannity actually do if ron paul was the republican nominee wouldn't he have to change his tune i think he'd have to crap his pants is what he'd have to do <laughs> robert thank you for the call we appreciate okay, the uh, the you, analysis Tom. but what can he do he's not going to change his day do you think he would really do a flip-flop and say i've seen the light this liberty thing sounds good I, I, I think know. that I, I think he would have to do something because I mean, he certainly wouldn't be able to get behind. Uh, he does a political show. It's the all Democrats. politics all the time. He can't get behind the Democrats, right? So he ha- would have to get behind at least the uh, economic conservatism of Ron Paul, which oh, is wow, wouldn't that be interesting? Which is a base of the Republican Party, the economic conservatives, wh- of which I would count myself. Um, you know, the sort of Barry Goldwater Republicans. They're a huge portion of the Republican Party. Now, there mm. there are um, Republican candidates pandering to those people, but they're lying in the same way Bush was lying about uh, small government when he got in. Now, it's it's uh, it's a human thing to to get on the air and to say to your audience, uh, and in Sean Hannity's case, it's an audience of millions. Mm, He's a number is, two absolutely. radio show, and his TV show is fairly well. I think well it's radio. nine million. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. That comes out next month, I think. Anyway. It's an honest, very human thing to get on the air and to say, I was wrong about this. I made a mistake, and I'm sorry. But what they teach you in this business is to never, ever admit you're wrong. They teach that to you when you're coming up through the ranks of the talk radio world. Now, Mark, you and I, we break the rules of talk radio on this show. Yeah. Um, they, they laid the rules out for us in the beginning when we started doing this show five years ago, or almost five years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, whenever people tell me rules, I just pick and choose the ones that sound most interesting to me. Um, and we've, you know, we, we've claimed to be wrong on things in the past. Exactly. Uh, we've changed our minds and, on things. And, and, and absolutely, we don't even agree with each other on, um, you know, some issues. No, but that's not my point. I mean, Sean Hannity and Combs don't agree with each other on issues too. Um, but but you are trained to not you know to not eat crow. You you have to be better than everybody else. You have to know everything, even when you're wrong. You have to stick to your guns and not not admit that you're wrong. That I mean, to to see Sean Hannity actually have to come around and be forced to eat some crow on this issue, oh, that would be delicious to listen to and watch. And I don't know if it would be even honest or or what his deal. I don't know how he would pull that one off. I mean, after I think, years of neocon saber rattling, for him to all of a sudden back Ron Paul just because Ron Paul gets the nomination. I mean, obviously it would be popular, and he would know that that's popular, and he wants to do what's popular in order to keep his radio show popular and keep himself on the air. But wow. I would think he would come out and say something like, "Well, I still think that uh, he's wrong on the Iraq issue, but I can really get behind some of his economic, uh, you know, 
stances. Yeah, I see what you mean. What you mean? Yeah. Because Ron Paul wants to just marginalize the disagreement. Get rid of the IRS. Ron Paul wants to return us to a gold he, standard. He on could say, "Well, he's so- better than Hillary," and then just move on, right? Yep. Yeah. I think I you're probably agree. right. He is better than Hillary. I think you're probably right. I don't think Sean Hannity is is going to admit defeat. I don't think he's going to admit he was wrong. But if he does, that would be very interesting. You know, I'm a member of the Republican Liberty Caucus, um, so I mean, I guess I'm nominally a Republican. I've certainly voted Republican in the past. I, um, you know, I'm very disappointed by what happened in the last six years from 2000 to 2006 with the Republicans in party, uh, in, in the Republican Party in in charge. I'm very sad about that, but. I don't know what I would do if if uh, you know I had a choice between Giuliani and Clinton. I just vote Libertarian. Yeah, I think I'm going to vote for George Phillies, the Libertarian. Candidate. Or whoever it is. Right. Uh, libertarians don't pick their candidate until the summer of the election, right before the election. So it may be Phillies, it may be somebody else, but uh, I think that's how I would do it as well. So 800-259-9231, or maybe old Ron Paul will throw his hat into the Libertarian nomination ring if he uh, gets knocked out of the Republican primary. I hope that doesn't happen. He says he won't do it, but uh, I hope it does, because he'll have all this momentum, and it would be just silly to throw that throw that away. Let's continue with the phone calls here. Uh, actually, in moments, we'll do that. Don, Eric, and Dave all on the line. Now, our new listeners in Texas don't know there are very few rules with Free Talk Live. Very few. You can talk about virtually anything, and the phone screening process is pretty lightweight. One rule, though, is that ladies come first. Yep, they do. So, female listeners, if you want to get ahead of Don, Eric, and Dave, all you have to do is dial in 800-259-9231, and you go to the front of the pack. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. On the way, we'll also talk about universal health care, an awful idea, and we'll show you what happens over time. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a Free Talk Live store, and we got all kinds of great merchandise. Everything from Free Talk Live t-shirts to hats to hoodies. Uh, we've got flags. I mean... We've got DVD Classic Archive collector sets. It's all there and more. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to place your order. That's store.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Don in Missouri. Don, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. How's everybody doing? Super, Good. Don. What's on your mind? All right. I wanted to talk about um, you guys saying that juries have uh, the ultimate last power in a judicial system. That's mm-hmm. how, as I understand it, yes. Okay, well, um, there's a story that I was reading a few years ago about a guy by the name of uh, Eric Boozman. Um, he was a convicted drug dealer back during uh, the time O.J. was going through his trial, so mm-hmm. that's why I didn't make headline news. Um, he was uh, convicted of three charges of the 29 that he was charged with. Um, the the uh, judge had said um, preponderance of the evidence was uh, the law, and that which in turn means that... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of nervous. That's all right. It happens to me too, man. Calling talk Uh, shows, I always get the uh, butterflies and the pulse racing and all of that. Now, although the the jury had cleared him of uh, most of the charges, the judge in turn turned around and charged him with uh, preponderance of evidence, which means that the judge could hold you and responsible for relevant actions, although you have been found not guilty by the jury. So the jury found him not guilty, but the judge found him guilty? Correct. Man, that's wrong. This is a... yeah, so he did I mean, an interview. You're supposed to, in this country you're supposed to get a trial by your peers, not a trial by some 
bureaucrat. You you would think that, but the law that he said he was convicted under was preponderance of evidence. And, I don't. Uh, I've never heard of this. Sounds like go- gobbledygook. Yeah, sounds like the judge is making it up. But then again, it wouldn't surprise me that they have some bad law like that. They got all kinds of bad laws. Well, you know, they change laws all day to sure. conform. Sure. To There's what no they way you could read them all. To happen. There's no um, way they could read them all. There was one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and that was um, the whole profit of why people have such a big problem with the uh, profiting of big corporations. Mm-hmm. And um, I was disappointed in you guys because I would expect that you would take the angle of that the reason why companies have such record profits is that uh, the government is involved in sheltering them from other competition, uh, meaning the insurance company, which has not uh, taken responsibility for the things that happened in Hurricane Katrina, or um, the gasoline company, which they're getting taxes off of, so they're not they're, they're basically in bed with them. That's and, an interesting point, and you're right. We didn't cover that aspect, though we certainly have in the past talking about how the government regulations are essentially protection for the existing businesses. Every time government creates a new rule, you know, a lot of the environmentalist types will cheer loudly if it's some new environmental rule, for instance. But really, all it does is keep mom and pops and uh, you know, poor uh, blacks and whites and uh, Hispanics from starting their own businesses and competing uh, with the big boys. And that's that's the purpose of government regulation is to I mean, keep well, competition out of the marketplace. Argument in the first place because that means really that's the basic problem for the reason why we have uh, these high stream prices in let's say cable and there's no competition so we are forced to go to either satellite and cable and there's no other options which could in turn bring our prices down other ways. I just feel like you guys should focus more on the reason why uh, Big government, I mean, big companies are getting big profits, especially when it comes to companies that are in bed with the government. Yep. Okay, so. noted. Welcome to uh, the fascist states of America. That's how it works. Government teams up with uh, with big corporations. They scratch each other's backs, and uh, and we all suffer as a result. And you're absolutely right, and that's why Free Talk Live's great, because you can call in and correct us. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Thanks. 800-259-9231, or not necessarily correct us, but add in your thoughts as well. Uh, let's continue with Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Amar. Hello. Hey, fellas. What's on your mind? How's it going? I'd like to talk about a few of the candidates for the Republican Party. Certainly. Uh, Well, you've got this new guy, Fred Thompson, coming up, and I've been really disgusted to see a lot of Republicans, pro-gun Republicans, saying that they're throwing in the hat with this guy. Is that right? Apparently they believe that he's Reagan 2.0. Yeah, uh, uh, he is an actor. He's getting billed that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I hang around Dig, and as it turns out, somebody came up with an article where uh, apparently he voted 15 times when he was in the Congress, to uh, ban guns or put more restrictions on guns. Not a, sh- not a shocker at all. So I just figured everybody should know that, just in case they were considering the guy. Thank you for the illumination. As to Paul, uh, I'm happy to see him doing better uh, in this last poll, you know, in the last uh, debate, but I really don't think he's got a lot of support nationwide, and I really don't think the guy has a chance, and I'll tell you why. Uh, okay. You've got Democrats, uh, specifically poor Democrats, and they don't want poll because they want welfare. And then you've got rich uh, Republicans, or at least you know moderately wealthy Republicans, and they don't want them because they're getting money out of the corporations. But most Republicans aren't rich. Most Republicans are run-of-the-mill Americans that you know are just eking out an existence. And most poor people um, realize they don't want to pay taxes either. And when Paul talks about getting rid of the IRS, that's got to resonate. With oh yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, most people aren't Republicans in this country either. So even if he did win the primary, most people aren't Democrats either. 
Yeah, most people yeah, are. are I mean, most people are independents or not registered to vote, and well, that's where his, uh, you know, that's where his real core base is going to come from. It's going to be. I predict it will be like uh, the Jesse Ventura situation in Minnesota, where Jesse Ventura running for office with a semi semi libertarian message, a uh, lower taxes message, a lightweight marijuana legalization message, not even close uh, to Ron Paul, but uh, even with that semi libertarian message, the people came out of the wood work. People who had never registered to vote in their lives, people who had voted in the past and then got fed up with politics and threw in the towel, these are the people that he motivated to come out and vote. It wasn't the core Democrats or the Republicans that elected Jesse Ventura, and it won't be the core Democrats and Republicans that elect Ron Paul. Well, I'd like to see him get the nomination because I'd like to see the nation go back to a system where we have liberals versus uh, conservatives. Whereas what we have now is a system of neo-Trotskyist, a.k.a. Republicans, versus whatever the hell the Democrats you are. You nailed that on the head, Eric. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll free line. I think Ron Paul's got a chance. He resonates with people that believe in, and, and people generally do, believe in what's fair and what's right. I don't think that phone poll last night is something you could just throw away. I don't think 33% in a cell phone-based poll. Obviously, it's going to be skewed towards the younger demos, probably heavy 25 to 54 or maybe even 18 to 44 or something like that. So that's true. But if you're excited about your candidate, you're going to go out and find a cell phone. Right. And uh, so obviously that's going to be skewed a little bit, but nonetheless, I mean, 33% is tremendous. In a field of eight, nine candidates for one guy to get 33% of the votes, that's not something you can just flush. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. You were on the floor last night. What do you think? Does Ron Paul have a chance? Yeah, it's Dave here in New Hampshire standing there, uh, you know, sitting in my car right in front of an intersection. And, oh, look, there's Ron Paul signs in front of me. I just by coincidence as I happen to pull up here. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, you're thinking in terms of what you're asking about the poll? Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I've been out of the loop today. I don't know what happened with the poll, so it was real overwhelming, huh? Thirty-three percent. He won. He uh, beat the next runner-up by. Uh, I think the next runner-up had seventeen percent. That's sweet. Yeah. Now, now and our last caller said he didn't think Ron Paul had a chance. I mean, you were on the floor last night in the New Hampshire debate. Uh, ju- just judging by the audience's reaction, judging by just the uh, you know the feeling that you got, the people that you spoke with, do you think that Ron Paul has a chance? Oh yeah, he definitely has a chance. I was giving him a ten percent chance of being the president as of you know two or three weeks ago, and I've heard that the Las Vegas odds makers have actually jumped over me, and they now have been giving him a like a thirteen percent chance of getting of being president. Hmm. And they're the ones whose lives depend, you know, their livelihoods depend on getting those numbers right. So True. I tend to I tend to value what the the odds makers in Las Vegas thirteen percent's real good odds. Um, I'll take that. Well, um, way way before I take the lottery. It'd be like all of America winning the lottery if Ron Paul became president. Oh, my gosh. You'd be, uh, I mean, if he actually got rid of the IRS, they'd put more money instantaneously in your pocket. So, Dave, what yeah, were you I'd... calling for? I'm sorry. I asked you a question as soon as you came on the air. Well, I, sure I, w- you... I was calling about Ron Paul. I, d- I did want to say also with that last caller, I was like, oh, I'll be interested to see, you know, why he thinks Ron Paul can't win. Uh, maybe he has some good reasons, but those are pretty thin objections to, to Paul. I mean, uh, you know, I just... I, I don't. I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything interesting. As far there. as I'm concerned, Ron Paul's the only um, candidate on the Republican side that has a chance of beating the Democrats. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Absolutely. But when I think about uh, Romney, America does not want war. When I think about Romney, he's you know moderately mo- um, pro-war, but he's uh, you know spitting out the uh, economic you know conservative issues. But I just don't think you can get the Republican base out to vote for somebody that they perceive being in a cult. 
I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just don't think you're going to. I just don't think you're going to get the average Baptist Republican out to vote for somebody who's a Mormon. Um, when it comes to Giuliani, he's anti-gun and voted that way many, many times. He's also pro-life. I don't think you're going to get Republicans out to vote for him. You need these guys need to motivate their base. Excuse me, yeah, pro uh, pro choice. And he's been married three times. You need to motivate your base, and the, these Republican candidates cannot do it. McCain has lost already. Uh, Fred Thompson, I think he's got a shot, but I, I don't think he can he's be. just because he's an actor, and and he didn't show up at the debates last night. You want to talk right. about embarrassing people? Hey, uh, Dave, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Hour number two is on the way. I mean, that just looks awful. To not show up. You had the opportunity to go to this debate, and to not show up means that, you know, you don't want people to hear what your opinions are. And the NRA isn't going to get behind him if he's voted against uh, gun legislation 15 times. You can take control. This is your show. Universal Health Care, coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Still to come, we got to talk about the latest from Great Britain. And Great Britain, not so great when it comes to health care. They've got this universal health care garbage going on over there. And right. We've certainly trashed on universal health care enough and told you how awful it is. But now we're going to give you a glimpse into the future of universal health care. What inevitably will happen if it is implemented over here? Because, well, these things are happening over there. We'll tell you about that in moments. So let's go in the meantime, unscreened to the amplifier line. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. Matt, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, last night you were talking about a story where... The military lost some nuclear bombs. Yeah, they apparently t- uh, misplaced them onto a some sort of a cargo plane. or No, it was actually a bomber. They actually had them, I think, uh, loaded up, uh, but they didn't actually fire them on us, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, well, I was wondering. It just occurs to me, why would we even find out about that? Why would why we? Why would the general public even find out about it? If I'm a military guy... Hmm. Yeah, you and want to brush I, that under the rug. I find out about that. Yeah, I, I want to keep that quiet. Well, it was my understanding that some Air Force people uh, came out and, and said so. And, and there's so many people in the military that it seems like you couldn't hide everything. Maybe that's the guy they fired. I mean, I didn't read all the details on the story, but I know they fired one bureaucrat. Maybe they fired the guy that actually came out about it. I don't know. But you're right. That's a great point. Yeah, that could be. I you know I don't know. And like I said, I don't know either. I was just, that thought occurred to me. Well, you know what? Here's the other. Here's the uh, corollary to that, and that is that. Well, if this has happened once and we found out about it through whatever the channels were, then the other question remains that. Well, how many other times has similar, uh, similarly dangerous situations occurred that were successfully swept under the rug? Yeah, that's something I didn't think about. Yeah, kind of frightening. Matt, any other thoughts? Uh, no. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Speaking of nukes, I actually have a story about that as well. But let's talk about the health service thing because I don't want to get away from this and not cover it tonight. 
According to thisislondon.co.uk, failing to follow a healthy lifestyle could lead to free NHS treatment. It's free, Mark. It's free. This universal health care doesn't cost us anything. Oh, wait. Yes, it does. You pay through taxes for the universal health care. So if anybody ever tells you that the health care is free, they're lying to you. Either that or they don't understand it. Anyway, they claim that it could lead to your free NHS, National Health Service, treatment being denied under the Tory plans. You think health care is expensive now? Just wait until the government pays for it. Oh, yeah. Patients would be handed NHS health miles cards, allowing them to earn reward points for losing weight, giving up smoking, receiving immunizations, or attending regular health screenings. Like a supermarket loyalty card, the points could be redeemed as discounts on gym membership and fresh fruit and vegetables, or even give priority for other public services such as jumping the queue for council housing. But heavy smokers, the obese and binge drinkers who were a drain on the NHS, could be denied some routine treatments such as hip replacements until they clean up their act. Those who abused the system by calling an ambulance when a trip to the GP would have been sufficient or telephoning out of hours with needless queries could also be penalized. The report calls for greater emphasis on a citizen's responsibility to be healthy and says no one should expect taxpayers to fund their unhealthy lifestyles. Now, that last phrase is pretty accurate. No No one should expect taxpayers to fund unhealthy lifestyles, but they also shouldn't expect taxpayers to fund healthy lifestyles either. Now, they talk about penalizing people who, uh, you know, have false calls, call an ambulance for, you know, no good reason, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. The sniffles. It's probably been, uh, well, I've got a story. It's probably been about three months, but... I had some pain. It was in my left arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what it was. I, I couldn't understand why was I having a pain that was running down my left arm. It was in the middle of the night, probably 1 o'clock in the morning, and I decided, you know what? I'm just scared enough about this. I'm going to go to the hospital. Could I, be a heart attack. I had my, yeah, it could be. I had my wife drive me in the car rather than calling an ambulance simply because I know that I'm middle class and they're going to make me pay, mm. um, whereas, you know, a lower class person wouldn't have to pay. But I could have called the ambulance that could have happened right now it turned out it was uh, some joint pain from uh, you know some exercise or something like that i'd hurt myself playing racquetball and you know it was nothing but i i, I essentially wasted these people's time on uh, nothing now would i have been penalized because i made a mistake and thought that i had a pain running down my arm they might give you a freebie but then they'll get you if you do it again i well, who knows that they would give me a freebie yeah we don't know the it's arbitrary. Is, I could have been penalized for doing the right thing. I, right. I I had a pain running down my left arm. Seemed like a good idea to go to the hospital. Yet while the Health Miles card would award points for giving up smoking and losing weight, it would penalize those who are already fit and well because they would receive no benefits under the scheme. See right, because you can't get any better. Right. They, they only give points for most improved. They don't give points for first in, um, you know, uh, first in class. What a mess. Also, the NHS already demands that obese patients lose weight before receiving hip replacements, and any moves to impose compulsory cards on patients would provoke a backlash from civil liberties groups. The Dorrell report also calls for a consultation on raising the smoking age to 18 and for shops to be stripped of their licenses if they sell tobacco and alcohol to minors. It proposes a fully trained nurse be available to every school to offer advice for sexual health, uh, blah, blah, blah. So the important point about this is that here in the United States, here in America, 
the presidential campaigns, especially on the Democrat side, are really heavily promoting this universal health care concept. Right. Uh, there was a story recently about one of the Democrat candidates, I think Edwards. He was talking about how free health care for all Americans. Everyone deserves free health care. And that's how they're selling this, right? They're selling this socialized, 100% socialized health care system. Now, we already have a, like a 50% socialized system, and it's already bad enough. It's going to be worse if you put the government in 100% control of health care and we could go down the laundry list of reasons why but it's easy the easy reason is they have it in canada and canadians come here for uh operations so they don't die or you can wait and wait and die and wait and then get the crappy you know get the crappiest hip replacement you could possibly get because they don't they have no interest in providing you with quality uh and they don't they have no interest in providing you with good services either Let's not talk about how bad universal health care is. It, you probably, if you've listened to the show before, you know how bad it is. But I, what I find interesting here is that in America, the politicians are selling it with this, yeah, free, free health care from cradle to grave, as uh, John Edwards put it recently. That's how the government's going to take care of you. But when you look at reality and not the politicians' promises, when you look at reality, you find out that people die while they're waiting or come to America and actually get the treatments done. We have universal uh, – we have um, socialized health care in America. We VA. call it the VA. Yeah. And there have been all kinds of stories about you know the terrible treatment that's going on to these people in Talk the VA hospital. Talk to any vet. Talk to any veteran. They, they, uh, they think that the doctors are trying to kill them in many cases, and they probably are. Why wouldn't are. they be? Right, because they're uh, – uh, their caseload would lessen, and they'd still get their salary. So anyway, uh, they're they're selling it as, oh, it's going to be free, cradle to grave, we'll take care of you. But look in reality, look across the pond to the United Kingdom, where now they're saying, well, this free health care stuff sure is costing a lot of money, and uh, you know a lot of people are taking advantage of it because it's free and all. A lot of people are taking advantage, and uh, you know we just can't have this anymore. Look, if you're if you're not going to eat organic vegetables and uh, you know do the uh, j- amount of jumping jacks we assign you every single day, and who knows what other requirements are going to come down the line, how much more restrictive this is going to get. It's just started. If you won't jump through our hoops and you know live the lifestyle that we we in government think you should live, then, you know, we're not going to give you any free health care anymore. So, too bad. You know, and, and we've, we've been told many different stories over the years as to what's good for you and what's bad for you. At one point, it was bad to go in the sun, it'll give you cancer. Now it's good to go in the sun because it'll give you vitamin D. At mm-hmm. one point, it was bad to eat eggs because they're high in cholesterol. Now it's good to eat eggs because they're high in protein. Right. Uh, it, you know, the, the story changes all the time. Is there Are there requirements going to change? You, know, you remember the Adkins diet was was really big a couple of years ago. That's completely contrary to the food pyramid that we've been taught most of our lives. Oh, and don't think for a moment that if they all of a sudden stop servicing certain percentages of the population that the budget's going to go down. No. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. Because they, they're going to still pay those doctors and nurses. They're right. just going to lessen their loads. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. So if America is so foolish as to go forth with this universal health care thing, this is what's coming down the road. More controls over your freedom, what you can put in your body, how much you have to do exercise, all of that. The government wants to control your life. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Toll free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by visiting shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org as we go to the phones and to the fun to Nigel in New York. Nigel, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, yeah, I'm wondering why tax money is being spent for Steve Fawcett. Who? Steve Fawcett, he's this millionaire adventurer guy who, like, went around the world in a hot air balloon and all other stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that guy. Now, wait, how is tax money being spent with him? Well, he went off in a plane in Nevada sometime recently and didn't come back. Hmm. And so for the last couple of days, a whole bunch of at least Nevada tax money is being spent looking for the guy. Oh, jeez. He's an adventurer. He he goes and disappears and does things like now, this, doesn't often, he? Now, often when these um, circumstances occur, they they do spend the tax money to go find them, but then they give them a bill afterwards. You know, this guy can't claim not to be able to pay the bill, so it's likely he'll have to pay for the people looking for him. That's a good And point. be happy to pay for it. I, I suppose, but I don't think I don't think it should be being spent in the first place. Well, I I understand what you're saying, but it would be difficult in this particular instance. It would be difficult for Steve Fawcett to call up somebody and to come looking for him. You know, he could be lying unconscious, assuming he's still alive, um, or you know, out of cell phone range or something like that. I think that this is the sort well, of situation. obviously, but somebody alerted them that he was missing. Right. Well, so I'm saying those should, same people could be his family, could have access to his funds, or could at least take out collateral on them. They could. And pay for the search themselves. But, you know, I mean, let's, let's assume that he doesn't have any people that love him enough to pay for the, uh, to, to put up their house and, uh, you know, livelihood up to pay for the search that could go into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it, it seems like, yeah, some, they should go looking for him and then hand him a bill. There you go. Nigel, any other thoughts? Well, I mean, I just think that the guy took the risk himself. Mm-hmm. And he did. It I isn't agree with our that. responsibility. No, it's not. Uh, I think that, that I don't think it is our responsibility. It certainly shouldn't be the uh, the government's responsibility. If you're going to go up and float around in a hot air balloon, then you're taking certain risks. And uh, maybe you should hire adventurers insurance or something like that and well, take out a policy. If yeah, I, I think that's a fine idea, but I don't know that there is adventurers insurance, and there currently isn't a private solution out there for going to look for people in the woods. So, um, you know, what well, the people that have to go look for him is the government. Um, they ha- it has to be government bureaucrats. Now, if we were in, in many a cases, world, a lot of volunteers uh, are you know jump up into that, that opportunity. In, in in a world where there were private solutions, you know, uh, those uh, likely a, a company would say, "Hey, let's go look for the millionaire." Absolutely, Nigel. Thanks for the call, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about how that might work with without a government to come after you if you're going to climb up a mountain, for instance, that uh, is known as partic- being particularly treacherous. You could, for instance, at the foot of the mountain, hire some sort of uh, buy a little insurance policy as you go up the mountain. And say, oh, I'll take that insurance policy. It makes me feel a little safer. And then, since most people successfully climb up and down the mountain with no incident, uh, the insurance fund will probably uh, cover anybody that actually gets in trouble. 
I, I don't know how you would sign up for that insurance. There would probably have to be an agent down there at the bottom of uh, the hill, well, same or thing at when least you, a kiosk where you could. It's the same could, thing uh, when you're paying swipe for the a credit card. When you're paying for the mountain, you're, you're, there's somebody there taking that money. So you, it's the same as like renting a car. They offer, you know, they always offer you that car insurance. Oh, it's only an extra seventy bucks. Well, sure. a lot of um, currently a lot of, uh, and I think that this is a good solution. A lot of the uh, you know the park services have what they call an iron, uh, not warden, but um, Basically, it's just a it's a box, the mailbox where you drop in three bucks to climb the mountain. Yes. Um, you know, you couldn't pay any insurance there. Obviously in, not, unless they had some kind of uh, you know, credit card kiosk swipe thing, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but. You know, I mean, there, there's some problems to what we're talking about. Here. Nonetheless, uh, if indeed it's something that the marketplace is demanding, uh, then people, somebody in search of a profit will come up with a solution. I, I have some problems with the National Park Service as far as, uh, you know, they're financially, they, they probably aren't as solvent as they could be. And, the, mm-hmm. and there could be some, definitely some private solutions, people owning private mountains and people climbing those and those kind of things. But... It's not our biggest problem. Nope, certainly not. 1-800-259-9231. Here's a problem, though. You talk about uh, nuclear weapons, and the U.S. government likes to make a big hubbub about how other countries, Iran is building nuclear weapons, and uh, Syria, and blah, 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 they have got nuclear weapons. And Of course, we read the story yesterday about the uh, U.S. government flying uh, active nukes over top of the U.S. populace. In some sort of a uh, plane where they could have accidentally dropped them or the plane could have crashed and who knows what would have happened then. That's risky enough, but that's just a risk. What happens when the U.S. actually tests its weapons on Americans? Because you want to talk about weapons of mass destruction. They claimed that weapons of mass destruction existed in Iraq. They didn't. You know, they claimed all kinds of things. It wasn't true. But... Weapons of mass destruction really do exist right here in the old good old U.S. of A. And this government, the government, the federal government, has tested them on its own people. According to RockyMountainNews.com, the U.S. nuclear weapons program has sickened 36,500 Americans and killed more than 4,000. According to the Rocky Mountain News, from the government's own figures are where these numbers are coming from. Those numbers reflect only people who've been approved for government compensation. They include people who mined uranium, built bombs, and breathed dust from bomb tests. Many of the bomb builders, such as those at the Rocky Flats plant near Denver, have never applied for compensation or were rejected because they couldn't prove their work caused their illnesses. Right. So, so you've got uh, some kind of you know, illness, and you can't prove that simply the fact that you worked in a bomb plant, you can't prove that, in fact, that's what made you sick. Exactly. So these are lowball numbers. 36,000 Americans sickened, more than 4,000 killed. Congressional hearings are now in the works to review allegations of unfairness and delays in the program for weapons workers. The Rocky calculation appears to be the first to compile the government's records on the human cost of manufacturing 70,000 atomic bombs since 1945. It's based on compensation figures from four federal programs run by the Departments of Labor, Justice, and Veterans Affairs. Many people have been paid only recently. More than 15,000 of the 36,500 are workers who actually made atomic weapons. They were exposed to radiation and toxic chemicals that typically took years to trigger cancer or lung disease. Others were civilians living near the Nevada test site during above-ground nuclear tests. Right. Imagine you smoke cigarettes trying to prove that working in the bomb factory gave you uh, lung disease. It's going to be damn difficult. Mm. 
Soldiers and workers at test sites and uranium miners and millers who breathed in radioactive dust until 1972 when the government stopped buying uranium. At least 4,000 of the 36,500 died. This number reflects cases where survivors could be paid only if their relative died of the covered illness. So more might have died, but those numbers don't, you know, they don't have those numbers. Uh, many more of the 36,005 also are likely to have died of the deadly diseases triggered by their work. But in most of the compensation programs, the government doesn't track death or cause of death. So the true number who gave their lives to support the nuclear bomb program will probably never be known. Wow. This is real, real life nuclear weapons damage. Right? And these are people here. that worked for the government and they didn't even take care of them. Yep. Well, and the, not even the ones that worked for the government. The poor folks in the surrounding towns and the, near the Nevada test sites. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free live. You, that's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over a quarter of a million posts waiting for you. Serious issues and fun stuff, find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's BBS. FreeTalkLive.com. Your mattress is likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some of the scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming up. SavvyRest.com. We're reading a story from the Rocky Mountain News, which is true tragedy, uh, because... For all the crap the government talks about the other governments around the world, the U.S. government's talking about the other governments being terrible and having weapons of mass destruction and all of that, I think we really just need to look home first. I think we really need to look here before we look anywhere else to see where the real weapons of mass destruction are and where the real tragedy exists. And that is that uh, 36,500 Americans have sickened, have been sickened or died. And that's a very lowball number. That's a uh, estimate based on the government's own numbers, which admittedly are skewed to the lower end. Uh, these are people that worked on nuclear weapons. These are people that uh, were there for the testing. They are people in the surrounding towns in the Nevada uh, above-ground test areas. These are people who were sickened by nuclear fallout from the government of the United States of America. These are not Saddam's weapons. These are American weapons. And, you know, this is real. These people are really sick, and 4,000 of them at least have really died. And that's what we're talking about right now, the idea that if it weren't for, you know, there are 130, uh, 150, 107, there are a lot of countries around the world, a lot of them, and most of them don't have nuclear weapons. Yeah, I thought it was like 190, actually. Now, how is it, a little thought experiment for you, how is it that a country, all those countries, those smaller countries without nuclear weapons manage to not get themselves nuked. I mean, that's the whole purpose of having a nuke, right? So you can you can have that button that you can hit in case somebody hits their button and sends a nuke after you. You can hit a, hit a nuke button and send a nuke after them. Therefore, they won't hit the nuke button in the first place because they don't want to get nuked, right? That's the whole pur- purpose, allegedly. Well, I'd guess that uh, most of those little countries, um, well, they, they don't have that many enemies. 
you think that's because they don't go and invade other countries and they sort of keep to themselves? Well, I think that most countries' enemies are right next door. Mm-hmm. Um, generally in the world, the, the people that you hate are the people that are closest to you. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, they don't really need nuclear weapons. They can fight a conventional war. You know, if... Uh, in the well, case a little of, tactical nuke, you could, you know, take out the the next country over, and, and that's what happened with Pakistan and India and, and that kind of thing. Is you know they sort of upgraded so that they could, uh, you know, do something more. But when you're talking about Tongo and Guyana and places like that, they just don't have the money to uh, get into the research, and nobody's going to give them the research. It just seems to me that if the U.S. government wasn't, if if we hadn't lost our way, as Ron Paul would put it, and continually moved towards bigger and bigger government and continually spreading the uh, U.S. military across the globe, currently now in over 130 countries worldwide. Right. If most countries have their problems with their next-door neighbors, ask yourself, why do we have problems in the Middle East? Why do we have problem? Why do we have people in the Middle East that want to kill us? Because we're there. Right. We are in we, there we messing sides. with their government. Yeah. Um, you know, and you might think that well, it makes perfectly good sense that we're supporting the Saudi Saudi Arabian government. And remember, most of these uh, the bombers on uh, 9/11 were Saudis. Saudis. Those people may or may not have a problem with their government. If they have a problem with their government, they don't like the idea of being ruled by a king. Can you imagine people not liking the idea of being ruled by a king? I think we fought a war over that one time. If they don't like the idea of being ruled by a king. They can't get rid of King was, – it was Fahd. I think it's now Hassan or something like that. If they want to get rid of the king, they know that they can't unseat him with the United States supplying him with weapons and money and all that other stuff. So mm-hmm. they have to get the United States out of their politics before yep. they can unseat the king. That's the whole idea behind Osama bin Laden. He wants to rule Saudi Arabia. He's part of the uh, the royal family. He wants to run Saudi Arabia. He wants to have those two, Medellin and uh, Mecca – and he wants to have those two big, important uh, cities for the Muslim people. And we're standing in his way. We, meaning the federal government. Uh, the founding fathers would have been shocked if they knew that this was the direction this country was going to go in. The founding fathers cautioned us. Uh, Washington, Jefferson, they made it very clear. Tangling alliances with none. Right. They said, trade with everybody. Trade with the whole world. But don't get involved in military alliances. Don't tell any other countries you're going to come to their aid if they get into trouble. And don't ask for their help if you get in trouble as well. Don't get involved in that stuff. But they did it anyway. Because, well, war is the health of the state. That's that's a, a lesson as old as time. And so those Eisenhower politicians, certainly warned us of it. Those politicians that were in search of as much power as they could glean during their terms, they took America to war. And they lied about it. Woodrow Wilson, World War I, was elected to keep us out of war. On a promise to keep us out of war, he brought us in. Uh, it happened again with, uh, of course, World War II, which, of course, allegedly, uh, you could make the case very strong that it never would have happened. World War II never would have occurred had it not been for the U.S. government getting involved in World War I. And so the more we meddle, the more we get involved in international conflicts, the more people around the world hate us, and the more the U.S. government is, is, uh, wants to build more weapons including nuclear weapons, and as a result, people die. And get this, I've got a great, just a, a, sh- a stunning quote coming up for you. If you think the government cares about you, if you think the government's going to take care of you and keep you safe, get this. Some were contaminated. We're talking about the 36,500 people who got sick, over 4,000 died. 
Some were contaminated through accident or ignorance. But government documents have revealed that officials at times risked the health of civilians, soldiers, and workers because they believed national security demanded it. One early Atomic Energy Commission director, Louis Strauss, who obviously thinks he's better than everyone else, wrote to a civilian who'd been downwind of atomic test fallout that the danger of fallout was, quote, a small sacrifice compared to the infinite greater evil of the use of nuclear bombs in war. Citizen, you should be happy you've gotten sick. Citizen, your sick and dying is going to help the rest of the nation. You should be proud to die in this pathetic Sad way for the service of your nation. You're helping keep America safe. Citizens. Can you believe these people? No, it's nuts. These are the same people that were involved in eugenics programs in this country. That's Those have come out recently from the middle portion of the 20th century. Uh, making it, They were taking black women in, in I think it was uh, one of the southern states, taking black women in, poor black women, and, and uh, circumcising them. The government. Anyway, here's a little more for you. Well into the 1960s, hundreds of thousands of American troops were placed within a few miles of nuclear tests to determine their ability to march and fight shortly after a blast. So, <laughs> wow. The Atomic Energy Commission, you talk about, I mean, it's bad enough that they use, they uh, they test drugs and things like that on the military. I mean, that's scary as it is. But moving hundreds of thousands of American troops... Within miles of nuclear testing facilities? Just to see how they could march after the bombs went off? With no, um, you know, with no concern for what it's going to do in their long-term health. No, it's for the good of the nation, Mark. It's for the good of all of America. For the good of the collective, if you will. Well, this is, uh, this is the reason that uh, people should be loath to send their young men and women off to uh, fight You're the military. Damn right. In those days, quote, we were training military personnel to fight a nuclear war. The Department of Defense had to know the effect on soldiers, sailors, and airmen who moved within hours into a hot zone, said R.J. Ritter, who now runs the National Atomic Veterans Association and lobbies for aid to those contaminated troops. Nobody had a clue, he says, what would happen years later from inhaling those particles. One of those servicemen was Howard Howdy Pearson. He had no idea when he was tucked into the desert from California in 1957 that he was about to watch a nuclear ba- uh, blast from just three miles away. We'll tell you the rest of his story here in moments. 800-259-9231. This is your government. They are still like this today, if not worse. More than happy to sacrifice your life for their own ends. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live at your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go and support us through the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. If you like Free Talk Live, you want to get us on more radio stations across the country and spread the message of freedom and liberty, then you should go and AMP the show. It's all, th- all of three bucks a month. Now, remember, we give away the website for free, so this is above and beyond all that. Uh, that money comes in. We turn it around into advertising, uh, reaching out to new stations, uh, advertising and Talkers Magazine, for instance, the industry publication uh, for the talk radio business. And the fact is it's working. 
uh, we've got new stations coming on, and it's all happening because of the AMP dollars. Plus, you get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, forum, chat room, and more. All of the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Right now, we're talking about something deadly serious, and I do mean deadly. We're talking about how your loving federal government, oh, they care so much about you. They just want to keep you safe, right? Maybe not. Maybe you're just a pawn to them. Maybe you're just a little body, a little peon to be moved around and placed in certain places and have tests run on. In this case, we're talking about probably one of the worst kinds of testing, nuclear weapons testing. You know, this would be the kind of uh, thing that I would expect from the Soviet Union, some story to have leaked from how things were in the Soviet Union. Not how things work in America. Nope, this is happening here. We're talking about people who were exposed uh, via different uh, different uh, methods to uranium and nuclear weapons and uh, nuclear explosions. Uh, we're talking about people that were downwind from the Nevada test sites. We're talking about people that actually handled the uranium. We're talking about soldiers. And uh, we're talking about over 36,500 people. And I say over because that's a lowball number. It could be more than that. But the government, those are only the numbers that the government has actually, has actually processed applications from as far as they've approved them because they couldn't, they, they proved beyond a reasonable doubt or whatever the preponderance of evidence. I don't know what the requirements are, but they had to prove that their illnesses, their maladies came from the nuclear weapons testing. Let's tell a few stories, shall we? This is from RockyMountainNews.com. One of the servicemen that was uh, that took this uh, this this fallout was Howard Howdy Pearson. He had no idea when he was tr- uh, trucked into the desert in 1957 that he was about to watch a nuclear blast from just three miles away. The Marine gunner was dropped into a trench and told to turn around and cover his eyes, according to his widow, Deb Pearson of Loveland. It was the day after Independence Day, and Shot Hood filled the pre-dawn sky with a bright light seen in Los Angeles and a towering orange mushroom cloud. It was a hydrogen bomb, the biggest nuclear weapon ever detonated inside the United States, five times more powerful than the one at Hiroshima. Three miles from the ground uh, from ground zero at Hiroshima, nearly every building was damaged, according to the U.S. government. Howdy Pearson's trench caved in. Dirt, which was already contaminated by previous tests, poured down on the soldiers, he told his wife years later. Jeez. An airman who was at the same test said in the book American Ground Zero that the blast wave threw him 40 feet. He said it felt like being cooked. A Marine who has marched toward the mushroom cloud said he wondered why anyone would be assaulting Ground Zero minutes after a blast. He says, what's to assault? In a posting on a website for nuclear veterans, about 200,000 troops were brought in to witness and work on uh, U.S. nuclear tests over the years, according to the Pentagon. For decades, they were barred by national security from even telling anyone what they'd seen. And been through. Pearson died of lung cancer in 2000. Deb Pearson, who works for Larimer County helping veterans apply for benefits, didn't win a a widow's compensation for her husband's lung cancer until Congress revised the law (coughs) in 2002. The change granted compensation to any veteran who developed lung cancer after breathing radioactive dust at the nuclear test. The VA, however, is fighting Ms. Pearson's attempt to get benefits back to the day that he filed his claim. The government does not care about you. Lawsuits by contamination victims uncovered evidence over the years that many officials knew the dangers. And, oh, here's a shocker, they ignored them or covered them up. 
Officials blocked safety standards for uranium dust and beryllium and promised residents above-ground tests pose no danger. Huh, that's funny, Mark. Isn't that exactly what they said yesterday with that B-2 flying the, uh, or whatever it was, flying the nuclear warheads the over B-52. top of us? Yeah. yeah, they said, oh, there was no reason to be concerned. No America, danger was presented to the public. perfectly safe. Oh, we believe you. Quote, a lot could have been prevented if they'd given at least a, a bit of warning, said Jay Turner of Downwinders.org. The U.S. didn't begin to admit that Americans were sickened by the weapons until the 1980s. That's uh, over two decades later. The first compensation programs had such tough standards that few people were paid. Under the Clinton administration, with the Cold War over, previously secret information became public. Americans successfully lobbied for compensation, but the programs remained complicated by the difficulty of finding exposure records. And then they get into some individual case studies. Like Cliff Hemphill, 67, of Adams County. He was exposed on the deck of an aircraft carrier in the South Pacific during nine nuclear tests. Compensation? He was given a monthly 50% disability payment and veterans' medical care for 140 skin cancers and post-traumatic stress disorder. That's 140 skin cancers. Cliff Hemphill of uh, Adams County. That still, must just be natural. 140. He still carries the bulldog frame, fierce pride, and Semper Fidelis tattoo on his arm from his days as a Marine, but his memories are seared with images of himself curled up on the deck of a small carrier, his head buried in his arms as heat and noise slammed into him. When he looked up, he saw the sky lit with brilliant streaks of pink and blue. Nine times he witnessed nuclear tests from the deck of the USS Princeton in the South Pacific in the 1960s. That's, uh, th- that caused so many health problems that his wife of 43 years was finally driven away, he believes. You know, maybe the Marines are always faithful, but I don't think that the uh, United States government's always faithful to the Marines. It was 140 skin cancers that caused the U.S. government to finally give him a disability payment after it revised his estimated radiation dosage to 550 rem, which is 100, uh, 110 times the current annual federal maximum for nuclear workers. He blames the nuclear test for a long list of other health problems as well, from scarred lungs to unusual back-of-the-eye cataracts. He figures either the skin cancer or diabetes will do him in. He says, I'm just waiting for the hammer to fall. He's certain officials knew they were risking the health and lives of servicemen who witnessed the tests. It was 17 years after the U.S. dropped a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima. After all, it's not like they didn't know what was going on. He says, we were used as guinea pigs. Most of my shipmates have the same problems. He says the film in the Marines' dosimeters for measuring their radiation exposure turned black after the blasts. The government said natural heat and humidity spoiled the readings. <laughs> he says, I don't believe they were false readings at all. Hemphill won an additional disability payment for post-traumatic stress disorder after pointing to a study that diagnosed PTSD servicemen who witnessed nuclear tests. The study said they harbored anger at the government because it knowingly placed them in a dangerous situation and now is refusing to accept responsibility. And why should they? We talked about it earlier this week. Sovereign immunity. Qualified immunity. The government passes laws to protect itself from just this very thing. The government can do whatever the flip it wants to you. And you can't do squat about it. Except, you know, vote for Ron Paul or vote for some liberty-minded people and hope that you can reduce the size of government You can the file future. a lawsuit, but God knows how long it's going to take. And then you have to sit in front of a government judge. Right. Uh, prosecuted by a government, uh, you know, they're going to be represented by a government attorney. You'll, you know, your attorney is going to be in the Bar Association, which is essentially a government organization of government attorneys anyway. I mean, doesn't it sound a little stacked? 1-800-259-9231. There's some more stories. Might share those with you. But let's go to the phones quickly here and talk to George in Florida. George, you're on Free Talk Live. 
How you doing? Great. What's on your mind, George? Yes, um, beginning of last week, uh, I got detained by the bailiffs because the judges got angry at me because I got these, I got about 200 citizen rule books um, from a man who passed away at Patriot, so he, I asked his family, he let me have them, so I passed really? them out to prospective jurors. Okay, okay, okay. Well, now, we were talking about jury nullification yesterday, and it's interesting because Wayne was here, and he actually had the citizen's rule book that you're talking about. He showed it to Mark and myself. It's got kind of that famous picture of the guy with the drum and the fife and the flag. Right, and inside, yeah. it's got information about jury nullification. It also has the Constitution and, you know, the Declaration of Independence, those pesky documents that the government would much like to uh, get rid of. Um, but you actually handed those out to prospective jurors recently? Yes, and the judges were saying, uh, you're tainting our jury pool. Now, hold on, hold on. Were you in the jury pool, or were you just standing outside as an interested party? Standing outside. And the judge actually came out to talk to you, or the bailiff? The bailiffs came out. And here's the thing. Were you alone? the The bailiffs did not like the idea of coming out and detaining me. And they looked at the book, and they said... I don't see nothing wrong with this book. Yeah, it's got the Constitution in it. It's got the Bill of Rights. What could be to- so terrible about it? Were you by yourself, perchance, George? Yes. Okay, this is one of the problems. Now, did they ever end up charging you with anything, or did they let you go after they uh, they saw the material? Well, somebody high up in the Sheriff's Department ordered me released. That's good to know. And this is one of the reasons why, if you're going to do jury uh, jury nullification outreach, it's best to have a group, a small group of people with you, uh, preferably somebody with a video camera, because that's the only real way to keep these bureaucrats in line. You lucked out. Keep up the good work, George. Let us know if anything else happens. We appreciate your efforts. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves as we launch an hour number three of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are totally free. You know those other radio talk show hosts... They want to charge you for accessing their websites. We do it for free, freetalklive.com. Now, uh, last hour, we started talking, we, we actually talked pretty extensively about a story from the Rocky Mountain News in regards to 36,500 Americans who have been rewarded or have been awarded some sort of damages from the federal government uh, for, because they were exposed to nuclear radiation because of the uh, the nuclear tests that your government engaged in. People who were in the military who were subjected to tests, people who were just in surrounding towns in Nevada, nearby the test sites, people whose lives were destroyed because the government continues to develop, uh, develop and test weapons on its own populace. And I just felt like these stories were so heart-wrenching, so uh, important to tell, I feel like we should go through them. Um, you're welcome to chime in here. Do you feel like this is necessary? Are you someone who can defend the government using its people as guinea pigs? Because that's what's going on here. Just to re- just for those of you just tuning in in California and other places, Michigan, uh, just to give you an idea of how much the government cares about you, 
Let me re- uh, refer to a quote I read last hour from Louis Strauss. He was uh, one of the early Atomic Energy Commission directors. He wrote this to a civilian who had been downwind of atomic test fallout, that the danger of fallout was, quote, a small sacrifice compared to the infinite greater evil of the use of nuclear bombs in war. Citizen, you should feel good about the fact that you've got 140 skin cancers, about the fact that you've got uh, problems with... Uh, this. I mean, we've, we'll go down the list of some of these problems here. Back-of-the-eye cataracts in one man's case. It, you've got all these bizarre issues that you should feel good that uh, you were looking up at the sky as the sky was lit with brilliant streaks of pink and blue at the same time that you were curled up on the deck of an aircraft carrier with your head buried in your arms as heat and noise are slamming into you. You should feel good about that. That's your government at work. Please don't think for a moment that these people care, that they give a flip about you and your family and your freedom. They don't. Thomas Assidy, 78. Chester Assidy, 73. Both lived in the Shiprock, New Mexico area, and they hauled uranium active, uh, radioactive uranium ore on 300-mile daily round trips from a mine in northwest Mexico, uh, New Mexico to a mill in Utah. Chester also mined uranium. Thomas was denied compensation because he was paid in cash and doesn't have any pay stubs. Oh, now, man. the 36,500 people that the government has compensated are the ones that could prove to the government's standards, which are very, very high, that they actually received some damage from this nuclear fallout. There are a lot more that the government just said, nah, sorry, it didn't look like it was our fault. We're not going to pay you. And so Thomas is one of them. He didn't have any pay stubs because the government paid him cash. Sorry, can't give you any help there, buddy. Well, he could have worked for a company and gotten paid cash that way. It doesn't seem like the government would just pay cash. Chester has collected $150,000 in compensation. Thomas was a 21-year-old Navajo with only three months of education and no hope for a job in 1949 when a friend told him about a rare opportunity for work. For the next several years, Assidy filled his two-ton dump truck with ore for the trip from New Mexico to Utah. Quote, there's no work, so I just help the friend. He gives me a little money, three, four dollars a day, said Assidy. I would load it by hand when I first started. Oh, God. His son-in-law, Jim Hamilton of Denver, says Assidy told him that when a cooling rain splashed onto the radioactive ore in the searing desert heat, it gave off a wonderful fragrance. The smell enticed Assidy to crawl on top of his load and nap to rest for his daily trip. Oh, God. I like the smell of uranium, said Assidy, his face brightening at the memory. Assidy's younger brother, Chester, who had just a year of schooling at the time, also hauled ore with the truck. Later, Chester was one of hundreds of Navajos who worked the uranium mines without masks, breathing radioactive dust. Children on the Navajo reservation played on tailings and waste from local mines, and was dumped into uh, the waste from local mines was dumped into river ve- riverbeds, contaminating the water supply. Ore fell off the trucks, and roadsides were littered with uranium. Chester Assidy worked ten years for the Climax uranium mine in Grand Junction, so he was able to prove his work history and collect compensation. He says it's gotten really hard to breathe, as for some reason my page just reloaded. He says, it's gotten uh, really hard to breathe, and uh, there we go. Okay. Said Chester, leaning on the old truck, my body is really weak. But Thomas has not been able to collect, who teaches, uh, according to uh, Hamilton, who teaches at Skyview High School, quote, he qualifies in every aspect, except now they need his pay records from 1950. They don't exist. And do you still have your pay records from the menial jobs you worked when you were 18, Mark? No. A decade ago? Just a decade ago. I can't imagine what what would happen if I had to uh, come up with 
pay stubs from 1988 when I worked at a comic book store in Bradenton, Florida. Jim Turner, who's 63, home in Denver. His exposure was beryllium, plutonium at Rocky Flats Nuclear Weapons Factory. He was paid $150,000 compensation and a monthly disability payment he didn't disclose. In the 1970s, Jim Turner crawled into the ventilation system at the sprawling Rocky Flats Nuclear Weapons Plant outside Denver to change out contaminated air filters. He'd listened to the safety lectures and knew he had to be careful not to be contaminated with plutonium. But no one mentioned beryllium. Workers in the beryllium machine shops were so unconcerned that they ate snacks at their workstations. Turner recalls, it was, hey, this stuff won't kill you. But decades earlier, in 1948, scientists had warned that beryllium was so dangerous that it should be handled only inside glove boxes, so workers would never breathe even a microscopic bit. No one told the workers at Rocky Flats. Protecting their lungs from scarring would have meant building an entirely new structure and production line, according to documents revealed in a trial at Golden several years ago. Rapid-fire production of nuclear bombs would have stopped at the height of the Cold War, and that was unacceptable, according to a government memo from the 1960s. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Eh, You know, these are just workers. Let's just, who cares? Put them to work. They're Mm. just little people. Just your friends and family and moms and dads. As a result, hundreds of former flats workers suffered from beryllium disease, which can be fatal. Turner continues, or Turner struggles to breathe. He says, I've coughed till it feels like my head is going to explode. The coughing started in the 1970s, but no one told Turner it was caused by beryllium until 1988, he says. They knew, he said, but they never did say anything about it. And I continue to work in these contaminated areas, says the 26th veteran of Rocky Flats, 26-year veteran. He believes it was... They would do anything so they could win the Cold War. Unlike most weapons workers, Turner didn't find records, or didn't need to find records to prove how much he was irradiated. Beryllium disease is caused only by exposure to beryllium. Dennis Nelson, 64, raised in St. George, Utah, uh, downwind. His exposure was that he was one of the people that just happened to live nearby in Nevada during the tests. His family was granted $50,000 for each parent, though nothing for his sister, because the parents were deceased. Dennis Nelson was a seven-year-old at the time who was sleeping outdoors in the hot summers of St. George, Utah. You know, uh, seven-year-old boys like to put up a tent and sleep outside. And there probably wasn't much uh, air conditioning back then. Probably true. Uh, Anyway, when the U.S. set off its first special weapon at the Nevada test site in 1951. Repeatedly through his childhood, the pre-dawn sky would light up in the west. No one thought it was dangerous. Nelson remembers only one doubt. The day he watched men wash radioactive fallout off of cars on St. George's Main Street, he thought, if they're washing poison off of these cars, why are they letting it run into the water where we water our gardens? And that's as a young boy he thought that. Hmm. If one, uh, in one of the first alarms, 4,500 sheep and a herd of 14,000 died just two years later in 1953. Government scientists at the time insisted there was no connection. But documents uncovered, or uncovered in 1980 said those scientists actually found lethal doses of radiation in the dead sheep. They were lying to you, just as they continue to lie today about virtually everything. Why do you even believe them when even I understand serious issues like, you know, 9-11 happens and you believe what the government says because it's serious. Why would the government lie about this? Maybe they are. The government is known for lying. That's what they do best. They lie and take your money from you and then lie some more. 
Uh, but there's more about, uh, to this story. The, again, the sheep, uh, over a third of the entire herd died two years later. His aunt, Irma Thomas, began marking a map of St. George with the names of everyone with cancer or other unexpected illnesses, including her sister and her husband. But back then, she says, or he says, or his wife said, rather, it wasn't wise to speak against the government. She was quickly called a communist for her efforts. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. This is Free Talk Live. Can you believe we're talking about America? The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. So enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than ten minutes. It's great for somebody new to Liberty, so go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. We're talking about a tra- tragic stories. We're talking about something like 36,500 tragic stories at least. These are the people who are were compensated by the, the U.S. federal government, your government, the one that cares so much about you, uh, for their exposure to nuclear fallout uh, by being either a member of the military that was that actually had nuclear weapons tested on them, or uh, or being uh, somebody who just happened to live in one of the surrounding towns in the Nevada area where these uh, many of the tests were done. And we've read story after story, and I just have a few more points on one story, and we'll get right to the phone calls here. Uh, I want to hear from you how you feel about this, especially want to hear from somebody that supports this sort of testing. The government testing these awful weapons on its own people. That's what we're talking about here. Well, you know, it's nothing. Un- it's not that unusual. How about Agent Orange in Vietnam, Gulf War Syndrome, which is a debilitating illness uh, caused by biological warfare used during the Persian Gulf War? Oh, I know it's not unusual, but it still needs to be talked about. It, I mean, many Americans may not really be I mean, younger Americans may not really be aware of a lot of these things. I don't know why Americans just give the government a free pass on um, you know these things that it's doing to its own citizens, well, its own military. Uh, the gov- what, are, what are Americans going to do? I mean, you vote for Republicans and Democrats, and they increase the size of government. They put our, they put us in harm's way by getting us involved in world worldwide wars, and uh, then they build a bunch of weapons, and uh, we're all at risk as a result of it. I mean, what's the other answer, Mark? Violent revolution? Americans aren't ready for that. No, I, I, I wouldn't. And they weren't that. ready for it back then. Back then, uh, we're talking about Dennis Nelson, 64, who was seven years old at the time when the U.S. was setting off its special weapons in the Nevada test site. Uh, his mother, excuse me, his aunt, was marking a map of St. George, Utah, where they lived with the names of everyone who developed cancer or unexpected illnesses. But... Because she was telling people about that, she was quickly called a communist because at that time it wasn't wise to speak against the government. And similarly, today, people will call you unpatriotic if you talk about pulling out of Iraq. You're un American. Then Nelson's mother I died. Get called that all the t- you know, we, we, we get called that all the time here on the air. Un American. Yep. Un American because we believe in freedom, liberty, and getting the government out of our lives. Nelson's mother died. Just at- like the uh, founding fathers. Right. They were un American too, apparently. 
Then Nelson's mother died at 47 of a brain tumor. His father succumbed to bone and lung cancer. Next came his sister, an assistant U.S. attorney in Salt Lake City who died of colon cancer. Nelson's brother has fought lymphoma and bladder cancer, and Nelson has survived skin cancer. The Nelsons have read thousands of pages of evidence and concluded that the irradiation of St. George was deliberate. Denise Nelson says it clearly was an experiment. Officials wanted to find out what clothing or buildings might offer protection from fallout. There was dosimeter data collected, listing people's names, jobs, and wall thicknesses. Officials delayed the tests until the wind was blowing toward St. George and not towards Los Angeles or San Francisco, her husband says. Mm. They said it was virtually uninhabited, uh, that portion of the country, except there were a lot of virtual uninhabitants there. Some people who live downwind of nuclear tests eventually won damages in a lawsuit, but an appeals court in Denver overturned that decision in 1987, saying the federal government can't be held liable for its deliberate actions, in this case a decision to put national security over public safety. Hello, qualified immunity. The federal government, according to the appeals court, and according to several other court decisions, cannot be held liable for the damage it does, for the lives it ruins, for the people and the families it destroys. And these are the people that you think are going to keep you safe from terrorism? Hmm? 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Mike in California. Going to the phone calls. Listening on KSCO in Santa Cruz. Hello, Mike. Uh, yes, gentlemen. Great show. Thanks. What's on you your mind? You know, uh, uh, Title 50 of the U.S. Code, Section 1520. No, I don't. I don't know anything about okay. U.S. Code. It's all legal. Under, under this section, it's only a page. You can find it in any law library, and it's also online. The Department of Defense is required to inform two subcommittees in Congress of their activities in connection with the biological and chemical testing on the American public at large without their knowledge of it. So that's um, that's all that they're required to do? Is that what you're saying, to just tell the couple subcommittees? That's and... basically what the section is about. It's very short. And it's only a requirement that the DOD inform Congress, these two subcommittees. These subcommittees, in turn, are supposed to notify a local civilian official. Mm. Uh, but I don't think the information has any, there's no requirement that it go out any further than that. And I've probably, always want, I have not been able to track down who those uh, local civilian officials would be. Likely no uh, punishment for anybody who doesn't do the reporting, right? Uh, there's no 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 word of any uh, penalties in any in any regard. Of course not. The whole thing. There's never any penalties it's, for it, uh, It's a solid acknowledgement of the DOD uh, surreptitiously conducting biological and chemical testing on the American public at large yep. without their knowledge. Yep. And it's isn't it ironic that all of this all of these horror just horrors are going on in this country by this government and yet everybody's so concerned about what's going on in Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan. This government is the terrorist. This government is the one that is putting us in danger. Not anybody halfway across the world. It's yeah. outrageous. I'd like to give out I'd like to just give out uh, those details uh, the uh, sec, uh, title 50 of the U.S. Code, Section 1520. We, we believe you, it. Mike. And, and I have to add yeah. that this was in force from 1977 to 1997. When it was rewritten, you can look for uh, Section 1520A. There are some modifications that looks like it's in our favor, but I don't really think so. It's too difficult you know to what? get into on the as air. Far as I'm concerned, Mike, it, as far as I'm concerned, but it won't be in our favor. People can look that up, and we'll, uh, you know, hopefully the debate will charge up. Thank you for the call, Mike. As far as I'm concerned, this won't be in our favor until the federal government has been completely dismantled. 
I know, Mark, you have some love for some federal government uh, functions, but uh, to me, it seems like it's way too risky, way too, uh, way too damaging, way too destructive of our freedoms. They have not kept themselves in check, and uh, to suggest that just going back to the Constitution and starting the whole process over again is going to solve the problem, I don't know if I believe it. And I don't think that uh, I don't believe that Americans are going to go for the idea of dismantling the federal federal government. And it's just... a shame that they wouldn't. Yeah. It, you know, anybody who really thinks about it, uh, I think, will come to the conclusion that the federal government is as is just it puts you in far greater danger than it protects you from. I feel your pain, but uh, I I think that we would be far better served and uh, get our point across a lot better if we just re- propose to return to a pre-Civil War so- size federal government. That would certainly be a step in the right direction. I, I would support that as a step in the right direction. 800-259-9231. Still want to hear, I mean, there's got to be some, maybe some administrative uh, nuclear weapons bureaucrat can call in to explain to us why it's okay to sacrifice people's lives for the collective good, for the common good, for the, well, no, it's not really even for the common good, is it? It's for the good of the bureaucrats who are giving contracts to the weapons manufacturers. I guess it's for their good, right? Because the weapons manufacturers, uh, you know, at least the guys that own the companies, they're not putting the bombs together. They're not handling the uranium or the beryllium or the plutonium or all that stuff. Well, on the way, you can take control of the airwaves. Sean in Virginia, uh, we got Finn in Alabama, and we'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number if you dial in at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, That again, freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. If you get on the list for free, of course, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you or someone you know handles the accounts receivable for your company, you work for a bank or a medical, um, you know, a, a hospital or a medical company or something like that, and you have any kind of influence over the uh, accounts receivable, you should know about SACL CAI. They do accounts receivable, they do early out billing, they do collections, they purchase charged off receivables, and they support Free Talk Live. You can get a hold of them at uh, 1-800-544-6359, or they've got a banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. It's right there at the top of the page at uh, freetalklive.com. Hard to miss. All right, let's go to the phones and talk to Finn in Alabama. Finn, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Finn, doing great. What's on your mind? Well, I am uh, calling. I don't know if you gentlemen watched it last night, but I was really, really disgusted with Fox News last night and the debate. Absolutely. Now, I didn't see the whole debate. I just watched the Ron Paul excerpts, the uh, the ten minutes worth of. That's uh, what I did too. Of Ron Paul, I watched a couple of different uh, versions of the excerpts. And, but yes, and that disgusted me enough. Uh, but what specifically disgusted you? Well, I mean, the, you know, what didn't? There was, uh, there was, <laughs> you know, I think his first speaking term or turn was like thirty minutes into the debate. I mean, hmm. I think everybody would admit, even if you want, even if you're someone who who refused to admit that Ron Paul is is a you know a factor in this race. They still let people like Tancredo and and the other no-name guys who haven't even raised nearly as much money or made it as much impact as as Ron Paul speak mm-hmm. two times before he got to go. You know, right. so it was really really ridiculous. And then of course everyone was taking jabs at him. They would leave microphones on and let people snicker into the microphones. And, yes. 
Roman you know what? I don't know if that hurt Ron Paul or helped Ron Paul. It, it certainly made me feel awful when I heard the snickering going over top of when he was trying to speak. But at the same time, it also made me think, boy, these people are very unprofessional. Whoever is, whoever's doing that snickering, and the problem was you couldn't see who it was. Uh, but somebody earlier called and suggested that it was the moderators because their mics were always open. And others have said it was Giuliani because he was making those strange monkey faces. The monkey faces, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and still ground, and he and he. Spoke on principle. He came across well, and he he's, did. And he's, you know, he's he's always polite. So. Yeah, he knocked him. He pretty much knocked him out of the park. The only thing I wish he would have said, I found myself wishing that he would have uh, said, was I wish he would have uh, gone out on the attack after, uh, I think it was that Huckabee guy, whoever he was going back and forth with, was basically talking with all collectivist terms. We're one nation. We stand together, not divided, and, you know, all this other gobbledygook. And I just wish he just called him right out on the carpet as just a commie, just a collectivist. Uh, you, you know, know you sometimes... You wonder if they've ever read. I mean, you know, I, I will be the first one to tell you I'm not that well versed on the founding documents of our nation. But if you read in there, there's a whole lot about dissent and throwing off the burden of government and you know disagreeing and speaking out in free speech. And it's funny that all these big government goons never get that. It yeah, it is funny, isn't it? It's, they're very they're very sick people. Do you have any other comments? No, just great show, guys. And I'm always I'm always interested to hear. And uh, I gotta gotta catch up. I'm a podcast listener, but I, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you, Finn. thank We're you. Glad you're out there. And thanks for the call. Let's go to Sean in Virginia. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey. Hey, Sean. What's on your mind? I'm just calling because we got me and my friends got harassed in um, at Nova Campus in Manassas, Virginia. All right. And we're just like holding up and oh, those Liberty cards from your website. Yes. Yeah, like someone in in our group bought like whole bunch of those so we're like handing them out and talking to people and everything and then like after an hour and a half one of the uh campus guys came down and started telling us we had to move out of the way Is it a campus cop a or a, uh, a campus administrator a campus cop with a gun on his hip okay yeah and he was saying we had to move out of the way we're impeding people or something <laughs> apparently he watched us on a video camera they have in there or something he saw us and where were so, you guys uh, situated were you in some sort of common area where at the very front of, uh, you know, the bus circle. I guess it's a bus I circle don't where you I've can drive. I've never been there. <laughs> well, no you know, idea. at a campus or whatever. Okay. The, they have we're buses? Just, we're just out, out front, like if you're just going to walk into the main building. Gotcha. Out front. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's doing that for a while, telling us about how we can't stand there. And then uh, some of us are arguing back about him. There's about five of us there. And then he says, um, he said it was all right, we just stand out of the way. And then, like, probably half, a half hour later, maybe 20 minutes, his supervisor pulled up in one of the SUVs, like, turned on the lights mm -hmm. and came out whoop, whoop. and started harassing harassing us even more and, say, and saying it's state property, we have to leave, and all this other <laughs> stuff. And then, like my friend was just saying, no, it's public property. And then he started yelling, and I was just like, oh, boy. All right. Because I ignored, like, the first cop. I was just standing there holding the sign, talking to people. And sure. I wasn't really listening to much he was saying. Now, you guys but, are students, uh, right? No, we're not students. I'm a college student at the college right near that college. I like see. Five minutes away. But, okay. But yeah, we're just we're just talking to people, and one of the guys had a 11 year old daughter, and she was getting upset right when, because she was there too, just with her dad, I guess, right. hanging out with him or whatever. But she's um she was getting upset with the when they started like harassing us, and he started to raise it. The second the first guy was trying to be all buddy buddy until. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's buddy-buddy until he calls his uh, supervisor over, and then he just shuts up and lets the supervisor speak. So, 
So, so did you guys decide to leave at that point? Was he threatening you with arrest, or what? Uh, where well, did he said he he started raising his voice and said, "I'm going to have to escort you off the premises if you don't um, if you don't leave or whatever." And right when he said that, I, I just dipped out right then. I wasn't trying to get arrested or anything, but sure, sure, you just want to hand out because some because he was raising his voice. The first, yeah, the first guy was like, I knew he wasn't going to do anything. The first guy because he was he was being reasonable. He's just like, oh, you have to call in advance. You have to. Um, get notice to so we can have both fair sides there or something. And yeah, they have all have kinds of like, stupid bureaucratic rules that they want you to follow, but you guys are absolutely right to say that, you know, you were on government property and as taxpayers you supposedly partially own that property. And you can sort of understand where they're coming from, like if there was a whole throng of a hundred people blocking the entrance to the college, then they'd have something you know, they'd have a leg to stand yeah. on. But you guys weren't doing that. You weren't standing there's in the way of people. Of yeah, there's only five of us, and they're, like, trying to say, like, that we have to get a table, or they're going to give us a table, and they'll put us inside someplace where oh, yeah. we can do it. Or so something. they'll put you inside where no one will see you. Yeah, where no one will see us, so we won't get to talk to anyone. But. Right. Well, this yeah, is so. this is typical behavior on the part of government bureaucrats, whether it be the uh, the school administrators or just a government bureaucrat that will come up to you on the street. Um, we had the uh, Dave Ridley incident here in New Hampshire recently where he was ca- open carrying a weapon. And the cops came yeah, up. Yeah, imagine if I was open carrying. What would have happened? I can't. I, I can't imagine. Is that even legal in Virginia? Yeah, that's legal in Virginia, but I don't know on campus. Yeah, probably not on school campus. campus. Yeah, that with would Virginia be. Tech and everything. They right. I know that Virginia Tech campus, specifically so. has a law that they that you cannot carry a weapon. Period. On Virginia Tech's uh, campus, oh, I'm but sure I don't know I, I, it, I There's gun-free zones pretty much everywhere across uh, across America. But but in uh, here in New Hampshire, when uh, Dave Ridley was open carrying just in public, and the cops came and, ha- and harassed him, and a bunch of free staters happened to be nearby, and they came with video cameras, and they uh, they gathered around. Then the cops said, "You guys have to get out of here. You're impeding the flow of traffic." And uh, <laughs> of course, there was no one actually walking down the sidewalk, so there wasn't actually yeah. any traffic to impede. And uh, and of course, the only reason the crowd was there. In the first place was because the police came to harass people and you know the idea that if you were indeed like preventing people from getting to class standing in their way until they took the card from your hands then yeah that would be impeding the flow of traffic but you guys weren't doing that uh, i mean who would do that that's insane yeah that's retarded. Yeah, hey. it's, it's certainly not going to help your cause. Now, I'm curious. You said you go yeah, to the people college. Are gonna, that's going to start a fight with me or something. So. Exactly. Now, and it's certainly not going to get them interested in what it is you're trying to uh, to express. Now, you said yeah, you go I wish to the I college. I would have had a video camera. I would have probably stayed around. That's so. always a good idea, especially if you've got a group of people. Odds are good somebody has a DV cam, and if you don't, they're only like two. I think w- Julia and I went to uh, Circuit City recently, and you can get an entry-level DV cam for under $300 these days. So it's it's yeah. very affordable to have one of these things, and having a camera around will completely change the demeanor of, uh, of a police officer. And some sometimes it'll change it in a worse way, like they'll threaten you and steal your camera and smash it on the ground, but that's pretty unlikely. And uh, nonetheless, it certainly would make for some interesting footage. And uh, let us know if you can uh, continue the activism. And, uh, Sean, thanks for the call and the update. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We're going to the amp line on the way. We'll also, if we have time, tell you a story about a 65-year-old woman who apparently wasn't allowed to purchase wine. I'll tell you why on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. We invite you to our website. Enjoy all the features for free. And if you decide you like the show and you like the fact that we give away all the stuff on the site, then you might want to voluntarily support us by buying your stuff through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. 41 categories to shop in. Great free Super Saver shipping deals on a whole bunch of products. And uh, you know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. So you've probably shopped there before. So from now on, shop through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Whenever you start your shopping experience through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase, whether it be a used item or brand new. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Dwight in Idaho on the amp line. Hello, Dwight. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Well, um, I'm in college here at uh, Boise State, and um, I had this class coming up this semester that I was kind of, like, dreading. It was called Drugs, Use, and Abuse. Oh, boy. And Did you pick um, that class? Huh? You picked that class? Well, it's required for my degree. Oh, okay. So so I, I'm taking a health sciences degree, and so I have to have it. Gotcha. And um, the... Uh, I asked about asked around about the class because I was like, you know, is it all you know government propaganda? You know, what's the deal? And several students had taken it and said, no, they're pretty balanced. And you know, I'm like, how open are they to legalization and stuff? And they're like, yeah, the pretty instructor that we had was pretty open. So I got into this class, and this instructor who was not the instructor that I was told about was mm. this former police officer that was teaching this class. Oh boy! And uh, <laughs> just you know, right off the top, just completely biased and you know which is you know fine i guess you know if you you label your bias and say like this is my bias yeah and i was kind of okay with that but the like second night that i was in there he relate related this anecdote which is basically all he did to teach was tell stories about his heyday of being a cop (laughs) and um he told this story about a kid who got into uh marijuana and his parents found out and were pissed and sent him away from the from the city where he was at to another and goodbye yeah having trouble with the lines sorry about that we'll uh try him back here see if he's back are you back dwight are you still there i'm sorry you're telling your story and we're having phone line troubles um my apologies if you could dial in at uh, the regular call-in lines at 800-259-9231 we'll get you right back on okay man Uh, okay thanks dude uh i don't know what that problem is and uh, i will do my best to iron it out in the meantime, let's talk about the old lady. Since we're talking about drugs, right, uh, the alcohol story. Woman, 65 years old, goes in to buy a bottle of wine. From the AP, Farmington, Maine, a 65-year-old woman who went to a Farmington supermarket to buy wine was turned away because she didn't have an ID with her. Barbara Scar- <laughs> Sca- Scappa of uh, Mount Vernon says, that won't happen again. I'll bring my driver's license with me from now on, Scappa says. She normally carries her license, but her leg was in a cast. Scappa was being driven by a friend when she went to the uh, Hannaford Brothers market last week and picked up several items, including a bottle of wine. The cashier told her it was policy to check for identification. Scappa, who believes no one would mistake me for 30 or even 40, yeah. um, asked her friend if she could buy... Well, notice she didn't say 50. She said uh, <laughs> 65. <laughs> uh, asked if her friend could buy the wine for her, but this was disallowed because it was considered third-party purchasing. Oh, gosh. Scappa asked to see the manager. The spokeswoman for the supermarket chain, Rebecca Howe, said Hannaford's new policy is to check IDs of anyone who looks under 45 and wants to buy alcohol. 
The poli- it's just nuts. The previous policy was check proof of age for those who look under 30. The policy is not unlike that of many uh, main businesses and chains um, who want to stop minors from illegally buying alcoholic beverages and cigarettes. You know, I, this goes on a little bit, but it, it basically just uh, outlines the law and that kind of thing. Yeah. Is that what we're... I mean, is, is that what we're raising our citizens to be like? Well, you have to have a a 65-year-old woman has to have an ID to prove that she's old enough to buy alcohol, and they can't think for themselves to decide that this person is not 20 or under? Right. Now, this isn't a law. This is the store's rule that they put in place because they don't want any chance that they're going to get a sting operation run on them. So it's the store wouldn't be doing this normally if it weren't for the laws that are out there and for the the constant threat of arrest and harassment by the police departments out there. And, you know, when they send in the 20 year olds to try to buy the uh, the alcohol, mm-hmm. do they the ever fines for this are insane? Yeah. For one thing. Now, remember, and it looks bad in, in Canada. You can too. buy this alcohol if you're over the age of 18 and um, in Europe most kids can go to the supermarket and buy wine if they want to somehow or another those places are not crashing in you know uh, you know burning balls of meteors flying towards hell Mm -hmm. somehow or another they're managing to make it why here in the United States are we so crazy about alcohol I don't understand it. It's some sort of puritanical thing, Mark, where people uh, they you know they don't like pleasure. The people that don't like pleasure, they want to pass laws against that sort of thing and uh, stop people from having fun. I think it, it's the it's all it's the, the fun police. Bucks. Yeah, the fun police. They just don't like fun, and it's sad. And this is where this is where it's come to, where old ladies are getting carded at the store in cash. And, and the third party law is so insane. The third party rules, where they there are now laws in some states right. that say that if you are with a young person, somebody who looks young, then everyone in the party must be carded to prove they're all over twenty one. Because right. So if you're going to the supermarket with your child, and you purchase a bottle of wine for dinner that evening. You can't you can't purchase that bottle of wine because you have your child with you. Presumably not. I've never actually seen that one play out. I don't know how that would work. But uh, if you're 30 and you're standing there with a 21-year-old person and a 20-year-old person, they will card all three of you. And if one person is under the age of 21, they will refuse the sale. On the chance that you've come in there specifically to buy the alcohol in order to hand it off to the 20-year-old once you finally walk out the store. Which, of course, means that anybody who's encountered this situation will learn instantaneously that the wise thing to do is to stay out in the car if you're under 21 and then get the alcohol once your friends come back i mean really do they think this is actually having an effect do they think this is making a difference do they really believe that or do they just like putting new hurdles around for us to jump over i think that's what it is 1-800-259-9231 all right let's go back to dwight uh, Dwight on the regular phones at this point, and uh, you were beginning the story about the drug and alcohol abuse class you had to take in college. A ex-cop was teaching it, and he started telling stories about his glory days in the uh, the policing world, and that's where you left off. Right. So this this particular story was about a, a kid who had used some pod, and uh, parents found out about it and didn't and were angry, and so they sent him away from the town that he was in to someplace else to break his drug connections. But, of course, that didn't stop him because he made new drug connections and went around looking for a dealer for some marijuana and went to, like, four or five people and couldn't find any. And finally, like, the fifth dealer he went to said, well, yeah, I don't have pot, but I have uh, some heroin. You want to try that? Oh, boy. And 
So the kid said, well, sure, yeah, I mean, I can't get pot, I'll try the heroin. So he became addicted to heroin. You know, it's oh. a, all of these stories are these existential horror stories that they tell. And um, at the end of the story, you know, I just listened to it. At the end of the story, I raised my hand and I said, well, I just a thought I'm having, do you think maybe that if pot were legal that this kid wouldn't have become addicted to heroin? <laughs> and the guy, like, yelled at me. That that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Wow. Like, in, you know, this is an academic class. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not young. I'm not a, 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 you know, right out of a high school student. I've been a paramedic for 10 years. And, okay. And uh, I said, you know what? You can disagree with me, but you don't get to call me stupid, and I'm going to be reporting you to the department head, which I did you. this morning. Good. How'd that go? Um, well, they were very supportive, and they actually pulled me out of the class and put me in a different class. I don't know what they're going to do to this guy, but uh, it really upset me. Cause, uh, yeah, in it's academia, also, it's almost not... kind of a shame that they pulled you out of the class, because now you can't be there to contradict him. You know, it, it's true, but see, the thing of it is is that he holds my grade in his hand, and oh, there's a power right. disparity. Good and point. so if, if, uh, if that power disparity didn't exist and I wasn't depending on him for a grade, then yeah. absolutely I'd be there... If he was my peer, I'd be there toe-to-toe, but, hmm. you know, that, that wasn't the reality. Amazing. Just the ignorance. Just the, uh, the unabashed ignorance and the, the anger without reason, without logic that these people have. It just doesn't make sense. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a dog in the ring at this point. He doesn't have, uh, he's not, he doesn't have any irons in the fire. He's, he's not, uh, he doesn't have uh, a job on the vice squad right. anymore. Could he come up with any of the, har- like the, the supposed harms of marijuana? Because, I, I, you know, I know that it's not a good thing to smoke marijuana, but I would think that smoking marijuana, except for the illegal part, is better than drinking alcohol. Well, he wouldn't. Uh, he didn't at that particular time give me any inter- uh, interaction about the harms. I'm like, after yeah. class, I went up to him, you know, because I was at that point thinking maybe I could repair this relationship. And, you know, I said to him, look, you know, we don't have to agree with each other, but we do have to respect each other. And I found that way out of line. And then he was, like, just yelling at me still about, like, well, you know, all of the information from Amsterdam says that legalizing pot is a horrible idea and stuff. And I'm like, well, we'll look at those statistics if you want to. But right now I want to talk about respect. And he was just being aggressive and yep. didn't want to hear me. That's just, so just how it is. I just had to, like, let it go. Dwight, thanks for the story, man. We appreciate it. That's just how some of those people are, you know. There's no reasoning with them. There's no logic. There's no conversation you can have that's going to bring them down to earth. All they want to do is shout at you. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.